Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. Again, this is Andrea Schwartz with Homeschooling Help, and I have with me my co-host Nancy Wilk from Virginia. Hi, Nancy. Hello, Andrea. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. So it's back to school time. If you are anywhere other than a distant planet, you know that notebooks are being sold and lunch boxes, and some kids are excited and other kids aren't excited and there are public schools, Christian schools, and homeschools. And end of August, beginning of September, seems to be schooling month, where people's attention is on schooling. Well, we've talked a little bit, haven't we, Nancy, about the difference between a secular education and a Christian education, have we not? Yes, ma'am. That is the goal of this converse, of this whole show, is to... Uh to understand that Christian education. Right. So a lot of people who choose to do the homeschooling route, or even if they decide to send their children to a Christian school, the question becomes, are the teachers credentialed? And in some states, the way in which the state attempts to regulate homeschooling is by asserting that all teachers need to be credentialed. So when we talk about credentialing, and the Latin root of that word is credo, meaning belief, it really matters who's doing the credentialing. So when we talk about being credentialed, it's not that we're against people being credentialed, but the question is who's doing the credentialing and what's the standard? By what standard are we going to say someone is qualified or not? Now, that's a really, really important point there. I, I'm yeah. sorry. That's a real important point because, you know, whether you are homeschooled or um, in the Christian school or in the public school, that's it's not just a piece of paper. It's a matter of your your worldview that we're that we're talking about here. And that's sometimes overlooked in this conversation, not in our conversation, but in right. general. The other aspect is learning requires the ability of someone to acquire information. And this whole credentialing is the, ter- is the person who's teaching qualified is, is rather modern in its orientation in as much as there's some agency or group that is given the power authority to say, this is what makes someone a good teacher. Whereas if you just looked at bad teachers as opposed to good teachers. If somebody was a bad teacher, they wouldn't have too many customers, too many students, and people would look for another teacher. So the whole idea of public education removes the free market from education and says there's one group that's going to say what education is and what it isn't. Right. Sadly, some people who are hoping to educate their children as home educators think the safest thing to do is to go ahead and get a credential, go through the four years of college, go to the, you know, the extra year to be credentialed, and then you will be safe from the state. 
that if the state ever cracks down on credentialing or on credential teachers, you'll be safe. The sad part about that view is that you're basically buying into the system that says the state has to qualify you. Well, R.J. Rushduni in his book, The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum, makes the point that God does the credentialing. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the one that confirms whether or not you're being faithful to your calling. And that's an orientation that I think should be adapted and adopted by Christian home educators. Now, just to sweeten this um, perspective a little bit more, we have with us today a guest who, guess what, was a credentialed teacher. And when she made the decision, and she'll give us a little background as to why she made the decision to homeschool, guess what she discovered? She discovered that her training didn't prepare her for her godly calling. So, Nancy, I will let you introduce our guest as I bring her into this conversation. Right. Well, I'm excited for our listeners to um, hear from our friend and sister in the Lord, Miss um, Karen O.J. She's from Texas and was, like you said, a credentialed uh, teacher. So uh, welcome, uh, Karen, to Homeschool Help. Thank you, Andrea and Nancy. I'm happy to be here. Well, um, uh, uh, Karen, start out with a little bit about where, tell us where you started and what you were doing and, and how the Lord just changed your perspective and brought you to a new place. Okay. Um, I come from a long line of educators. Uh, my grandparents, my own parents, my parents' siblings were all public educators. So it came quite naturally for me to be exposed to all the adults in my life were credential educators, um, three generations. Um, I grew up knowing and pretending rather than playing a lot with dolls, I played a lot as being a teacher to my dolls. Um, it was just inherent for me to want to teach and to educate. And I became a Christian. God called me out of darkness in my senior year of high school, and I went on to college to obtain my music, English, and teaching degree, and just followed that calling into public education, where as a new Christian, I was convinced I could be a light in a very dark world. Um, I was meanwhile married, and we had our first child during my first year of teaching, or second year of teaching, and I was content to be a public educator. And I did all that I could to take my Christianity and my uh, young worldview of um, biblical law into the public school. I did my best to honor the Lord with students using scripture when I could. Um, and after a few years, I realized that was a very uphill battle. When our son was four years old, um, about to enter into what I would call kindergarten. We did not put him in the public school. We homeschooled for just a little while, but the need arose again for me to return to the public school system. And so I did for about eight, oh, several years. I taught for about 10 years total in the public school system um, to the point where I would weep every day, taking my small children to a babysitter. And I would spend 10 hours a day with other people's children 
where I was now forbidden to do anything but teach what was given before me. Um, and at some point in time in 97, by faith, uh, we resigned and retired from public education. So that's how I got in and that's how I got out. Now, what happened and why did I get out? I did not leave the public schools because they were evil. I don't think it takes a, a very mature Christian at all to see that there's a, a wide difference between a biblical worldview and a secular worldview. Um, a new Christian can discern some of those differences without having a broad foundation. And that's where we were. So I did not leave the public school because it inherently is evil, even though that's a good reason. I left the public school because the Lord was doing a work in my husband and me at the same time that was calling me to be a wife and a mother to broaden and deepen our biblical worldview and to be the one responsible to self-govern and to teach our children the responsibility of self-government in my own home. I realized, my husband realized, there's no one better equipped to love my children, educate my children, nurture my children than the parents that God gave them. And so even though it was a huge financial hit, can you believe that retiring from being a teacher was a huge financial hit? But it was. And the Lord provided um, years of, of somewhat stressful financial situations. But meanwhile, we are at home. The Lord is using that time at home to nurture my children. It was not easy. The first two years of home educating coming out of the public school system was very, very difficult. And when I say difficult, I mean, I about pulled my hair out. <laughs> I, have that I have a question. Why yeah. was it difficult? You were credentialed. You had experience and these were your own children and you could, you know, what, what made it so hard? It, most people would think that the teacher, it would be easy for the teacher. And, the, yeah. and a lot of people actually think that they couldn't teach because they're not teachers. So tell us about that. Okay. Um, being a Christian, I was credentialed by the state and I was uh, told by the state what to teach, what my kids have to know, how long every day I am to stay within those subject parameters and what kind of conduct. Um, and I was taught to have 32 children in one room and just teach and that I could not cater to the needs of anyone in particular because it was important that the entire group get this much of language every day, get this much of math a day, get this much of spelling, get this much of science. Um, and we have to stay within these subject guidelines and time frames. So when you come home out of that and you enter home domain with a worldly state view, of what education is supposed to be and you try to fit that into a sphere of authority called home and family that God created it doesn't fit and the main reason it doesn't fit is because God does not bless humanism mm. God does not bless humanism and when you bring humanism 
into the home and try to mix that with biblical commands and biblical worldview, there's going to be a frustration. And a okay. lot of things are going to spiral out. Hang on. Andrea, make sure that our, our listeners understand what humanism is. We're not talking about, you know, being kind to another human. Define humanism for us. Sure. You can take any ism, philosophy, or religion, and you can put it in one of two categories. You can either refer to it as a covenant-keeping world and life view. We would say a biblical world and life view or everything else. So what is the everything else? Well, the big term for everything else would be humanism. Humanism basically says we don't get our direction from God. We get our direction from ourselves or someone else. Humanism doesn't factor in that man is fallen. In fact, humanism's view is that we're all inherently good. We're blank slates. And the only reason that some people go bad has to do with something that they're exposed to or other people do to them. Well, the Christian or the biblical world in life view says everybody comes out of the chute a sinner because yes. of our forefather and mother, Adam and Eve. Now, it's not a very popular concept. Nobody really likes the idea of looking at their beautiful infant and say, you know, they say we gave birth to a girl. We gave birth to a boy. Very few put on their announcement, we gave birth to a girl sinner. We gave birth to a boy sinner. But it's true. Right. So right. if, in fact, any educator is approaching his or her student, it's important to identify who or what that student is. Is that a person made in the image and likeness of God who has a fallen nature that needs to be instructed in the ways of the Lord? Or... Is it a person who is a blank slate and we're going to apply the principles of psychology and rewards and punishments or whatever the out thing will be? And correct me if I'm wrong, Karen, your frustration didn't probably come from your children's reaction to you. It probably had to do with the war going inside your head. Yes, there was a war. Um, humanism, that definition is beautiful. So to reiterate, in the public school system, education and academic is the God. That's the goal to the neglect of the spirit and the true soul of man. Home mm -hmm. education or a biblical worldview cannot fall into that trap. We as home educators cannot fall into the lie that academics and education is what we have to be about. It cannot be what we are about or we've missed the mark because we cannot, and we do so easily, make education another God. We do. We can, we can get up every day and say, oh, I have to school today. I have to educate. If we fall into that trap, what we have done, ladies, is we've just raised very smart reprobates. Yeah. And the world is full of that. So our goal cannot be academics. Our goal has got to be to have no other gods before the one true and living God. So our God cannot be education, academics. Our God cannot be 
family. Our God cannot be how organized we are. Our God cannot be our rank within society or church or within our own families. Our God must be the one true and living God and we must abide by his requirements. And what does he require? That we love justice, his law, that we love mercy, his gospel, and that we walk humbly with him. That is what we train and teach our children first and foremost, what God requires of us as children, what's as the husbands and the wives of these children and the academics will come. They will come and they will come in ways that you don't know that they will come. So we have got to be, and yes, reading, writing, arithmetic, science. It's all important. God gave it to us. We must educate and, and train our children in these beautiful truths that God's given us, but they are not the priority. And in the worldview out there, that's the priority to the neglect of everything else that God requires. And that's what makes it humanism. That's what makes it all about man and how good and how powerful we can be, how smart we can be. And look where that's gotten our society. We are such God haters in our communities and in our society. And I'm just not going to be a slave anymore to what I'm being told I have to teach when who's telling me that is a God hater. Right. So as a credentialed educator, it did not help me to come home to the God created domain and work with my children because they were not equal. God did not create my children equally. <laughs> they're not just a mass audience that all have to be fed the same thing except with regard to the word of god yes yes let me interject here um there were many times when i was actively homeschooling that i would organize activities where we'd bring someone in to give a lecture and then the homeschooling moms predominantly would ask questions. And Karen, you just manifested something that my husband used to say. He'd say, you homeschooling moms are scary. I mean, I've never met a group so passionate, so knowledgeable. They know this and they know that. He said, I didn't even feel I could talk, that I wasn't even close to it. And how sad that too many professing Christians don't exercise the responsibility of educating their children because they don't think they're competent. When we go to the idea of credentialing, as I mentioned, it's God who credentials us. If we believe that the Holy Spirit lives within us, do we really not trust the fact that he will lead us to all righteousness? That if our own academics were not up to par to our satisfaction and according to what the word of God teaches, well, then there are countless people, not unlike the homeschooling help ladies that come up every Tuesday here on Facebook, who are willing to help somebody do it. Anytime yeah. I counsel someone who's considering homeschooling, I say the exact same thing you did, Karen. I say, don't think it's a cakewalk. It's not like, oh, I can sleep till 10 you know, do a couple of things and then take a nap at three and everything. No, it's going to be work, 
but it's going to be God fulfilling work because when you do what God calls you to do, there's this thing called blessings that are bestowed upon you. Blessings. So home education is not just about doing your academics every day. There are many days when God calls you to serve your neighbor. There's many days when the Lord calls you to serve your elders, the, your, my parents, for example, we would stop many times. And even if we packed up our academics and took them over to my mom's house or to the nursing home or wherever we needed to go to bless a neighbor or a family member, we took what we could with us. And if the Lord opened up an opportunity to do school there, we did. And if not, that's okay. There was another day. Many of the home educators um, in our previous circles had two things on their minds. I'm not educating my children academically enough and two finances. So a lot of people are afraid to home educate because of finances. It's either too expensive or they feel like the mom needs to be part of the breadwinning. So I understand the apprehension of those of you who are considering home education and what it's going to cost. So be forewarned, it will cost you. It will cost you prayer. It will cost you trust in the one true and living God. It will cost you faith like you've never known. Yes, it will cost you money. It will certainly cost you time. But as Andrea just pointed out, God blesses obedience. So if, if I had, if I could say just one thing and you remember it, it would be do not make academics the priority as a home educator. You must make the word of God and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord the priority when you are with your children. We've all heard the Deuteronomy 6. It's the mantra of the homeschoolers. But how many of us are doing that? Because that home education. Are you sitting down at the table? You're talking about the word of God and how it applies to what happened that very day. You're talking about what God requires. Are you in the car? You're talking and conversing. You're, you're exposing. So there are three E's that I try to live my life before my children. Exposure, education, and by example. We expose our children to the word of God constantly. And believe me, when something goes bad, and we react poorly, we're educating them. Right. See all your heads out there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not only do we educate them in the word of God, but we live by example, by constantly exposing them to the word of God, the people of God, so that we're creating an environment where our children can make the best decisions. Putting them around peers can be a detriment unless those peers are also related by godly influences. Well, I like your three E's. I think they replace the three R's very well. And so, we might, you know, maybe I'll just steal that from you when I talk to people and talk about the three E's. But let me tell you on a practical level. Now, you really were talking in a big picture kind of level. Well, I have grown children who... When it comes time to getting a person to help them on the phone or helping another person who, let's say, needs some sort of procedure, but they're being stalled and they're, you know, they need it now, but they're told, well, in a couple of months, you can do it. My children often say, I say to this person, okay, 
let me show you how my mother used to do this. And very graciously persisting with the person who you need to get help from, not insulting them, not threatening them, but approaching them from the point of view of you're going to persevere. And yes. um, whether it was helping other classmates later on or whatever it was, I would always hear, I would tell them, let me tell you how my mother used to do this. And so we are living examples of what happens when we stub our toe. What happens when the dishwasher breaks? What happens when somebody who we don't like very much needs our help? Yes. We have to stop what we're doing and still help them because it's not a basis of whether or not we like them. And so, like I said, I think those three E's, if those were plastered on people's refrigerator, what am I exposing my children to? Yes. What is the example I'm giving? And what was the third one? Educating. Oh, education, which of course would be embracing our culture. Yes, Deuteronomy 6, educate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, so those three E's are beautiful. And I, I am known for having signs and posters all over my kitchen walls and house because we mostly did our academics at the kitchen table. So all around, you know, creating an atmosphere where my children can make wise decisions. Uh, and it doesn't mean, here, here's one one thing that I, I just, my husband Eric and I have encountered the shock and awe and the terrifying look on other young couples' faces when we say to them or we express to them, home educating is not guaranteeing the conversion of your children's souls to God. Right. My obedience to God and to his laws is not a guarantee that my children's hearts are going to be converted. But can I interject? It is a guarantee if you tell them that their responsibility is to fear God and keep his yes. commandments, that you have not been derelict in your duty. You are going to hope and pray that the Holy Spirit cultivates the seeds you've sown. But that's the other aspect when people say, yeah, but you homeschooled and look at your children. It's not yes. the point. It's not the point, but, but it is a pitfall that many of our circles have fallen into. That if I homeschool and I do this and I teach character and I, I teach academics and I go to church and I do all of these things that I'm supposed to do, that this plus this plus this equals this. And the duty is ours. Our obedience will be blessed. But the consequences of that are completely up to the Lord. He is the one who brings the increase. But we are seed casters. We are the ones as parents plowing that field, planting those seeds, providing as much light and water of the word as we can to our children's hearts. But God does have the increase. So having this brief opportunity to speak with and address other home educators, I just feel it very imperative to say, we do what we are required to do, but our times are in his hands and our children's times are in God's hands. We are responsible and we must be dutiful and obedient, but we have to trust the Lord for the outcome. 
So before we go, because I'm looking down at the clock, um, I know, Nancy, you'll probably have some remarks. Uh, Karen, are you someone who makes yourself available as a veteran homeschooling mom to other people? I absolutely am. That would be a great pleasure to me. Yes. How would they contact you? Phone or email. Um, I'm happy to give out both of those. It's, would you like for me to do that now or is that something? Or that another way out? to do it is, are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. I'm new to Facebook. So be patient with me as I learn all the ins and outs. I know Nancy's already laughed at me a couple of times by now. Well, that's okay. Everybody's new to Facebook. Even Mark Zuckerberg was new to Facebook when you started. <laughs> so. But if people find you there and um, just basically spell your last name so they can find you and then they can message you and then you can select who you're going to give your contact information. Not that I think we're going to have a multitude of people bombarding you, but I always like to sort of uh, make it a little bit more controlled. So how do you spell your last name, Karen? My last name is O-G as in giraffe, E in elephant, A, apple, O-G-E-A. Okay, so Karen O-J is how you pronounce yes. that. And I think I said it right. So um, Nancy, why don't you bring yep. us to a close on this conversation? Well, I think what we want folks to take home is that the credentialing is of the Lord. The work is of the Lord. We need to be faithful to him. And those little seeds can be very, very, very simple. We can learn them as we go. There's a, a scripture verse that says, if you don't work, you don't eat. We can teach our children very, at very early age, you know, to, to help bring in the groceries. That's a way that they work. It's a way that they eat. It is a basic application of the uh, the ways of God. And then when they get big enough to carry their plate to the sink, again, they're working and they're contributing to the household. They're, they're learning to walk in the ways of God. And even those things that seem so not teachery are teachable moments. And if we'll do those things, mindful of, the words of our Lord that there is a blessing there. So thank you, Karen, for sharing your story. I said um, I was going to give you the last word, but we know I don't always follow you don't that. Always do that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I don't, what I don't we, do it. When we give them an opportunity to serve and to help. We're actually enabling them to have a Sabbath, to understand the Sabbath. If they work, then they can rest in the Lord. And that's the sort of thing that, even as you pursue certain academic situations with your children, and as Karen mentioned, some have more inclinations in one area than another. It's amazing what you can learn from your children. Yes. I mean, my children in all three of them have surpassed me in many areas. And so guess yes. who I have to call upon? It's not unusual for me to call my son and say, I need some advice. Well, I can trust his advice in particular areas because number one, I raised the lad who's now a man and the father of his own children. But in other words, we expect and we hope our students will surpass us. Of course. And that has to be the goal as, as, as Christian educators and Christians anyway, that the next generation is farther along this journey and path of grace and knowledge than we were. That's how we expand the kingdom of God here. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. 
Well, Karen, I think we're going to have to bring you back in the future. Um, you've got a lot to offer. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly gratified by having uh, gotten to know you. So I feel like I've made a new friend. And uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Nancy, I'll see you next week. And uh, viewers, thanks for tuning in. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.